I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my Thoughts on Money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. Before we jump into it today, I will ask, if you don't mind, to rate the podcast, leave a comment, send us an email, tom at thebondsgroup.com. We love to engage with our listeners. Um, And now, uh, I will introduce who's joining me today, none other than Mr. Sean Latimer. Good morning. You switched it up there. I did. because that because uh, people like log off at the end of the podcast? They you want do. Them to hear it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Tong told me uh, that a lot of people don't make it to the final 30 seconds where uh, I give that spiel. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, A Tale of Two Brothers. So you read this. I did. And when you were reading the first couple paragraphs, did you put two and two together? A hundred percent. I've known Trevor for a long time, so I, I kind of knew the story right away. I didn't know how much he would elaborate or connect it personally. And then as he did, I, I kind of gave him a hard time walking into this. this. is two weeks in a row, man. Heavy topics. Yeah, I know. I need to get back to more of the financial matters. But uh, maybe the end of the year holiday season brings a lot of uh, uh, tenderness and, and emotion. So uh, it's just been a subject that I've been thinking about uh, as David Bonson closed out his white paper, which will come out uh, on Friday. So... Uh, it'll come out a day before you're listening to this podcast. But he ends that uh, white paper, his annual white paper, where he looks at 2022 and then kind of gives some thoughts on what he sees on the forefront for 2023. He talks about, hey, investor behavior is like the number one determinant of somebody's outcome. And for me, that was like just echoing in my mind because no matter how high your financial IQ is, no matter how deep your financial vocabulary is, uh, you could be the best fortune teller in the world. Um, at the end of the day, your decisions and furthermore, your behavior is going to be the determinant of your actual outcome. And most of the time, if you were to look at where those decisions stem from, uh, they stem from emotion and, and normally not intelligence. And it's not saying that... Uh, you can definitely be intelligent and emotional at times, right? But being able to be, I think you mentioned this word in there, but being aware of when that's happening, I think is the is the key. Yeah, and we connect the dots there to say, hey, insert financial advisor, right? Because the idea is to have somebody help you with that awareness, mm-hmm. what we call AA, right? Awareness and for someone to hold you accountable uh, becomes a huge part of your financial success, now, we introed all of this with uh, what I called a tale of two brothers, uh, two brothers, an, an older and a younger, that grew up in the same small town, uh, in the same house with the same family, but took two very different paths in life. Uh, I will give it away on the podcast. I'm talking about me and my older brother. He is six years my elder. Between us, we have a sister that's three years older than me. Uh, but my brother had a troubling childhood. Uh, in in middle school and high school, uh, he just kind of went down a wrong path. And I mentioned in the article is that sometimes when you find yourself in detention uh, and you build friends that mm-hmm. are there, uh, that can just kind of amplify the problem. Now, let's just be honest on this podcast. I was a little bit mischievous when I was younger too. Definitely was. Yes. <laughs> but the benefit that I had, and it's even hard for me to call it a benefit, but my brother being six years older, I got a front row seat to see the consequences of decisions. Yeah, when I first, when I thought of it that way, I always try to kind of figure out how I'm going to tie this to personal finances. It kind of connects because if you watch people, like sometimes we watch our parents or family members make financial decisions, and that does influence 
the way that we act now. So like a easy example, like I have a friend and their parents were not very good savers. And then during the financial crisis, they were really stressed out. And, and those tough conversations about, you know, not being able to pay for college definitely won't be able to help you with like a wedding or anything like that. And, and it, kind of ingrained this fear into my friend and I remember her telling me she goes like now I'm an oversaver I'm probably too conservative for my age and my income and all those things because of what I've seen and it, it hits home yeah it hits home with me I remember at being younger and same thing you're talking about having a front row seat and watching people struggle and then me saying man I need to understand finances because I never want to experience that yeah um, and I was thinking too as I was writing this I'm actually, I don't know why I'm embarrassed to admit this. Uh, it's mainly because this author, I'm going to mention an author right now, and I think some of the stuff he's done with multi-level marketing and Donald Trump, and uh, I, I'm not a promoter of him, but one of the first finance books I ever read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Hmm. And the book has some technical terms, and it has some um, you know, educational parts in finance, but what the biggest part is the story of what he calls two fathers. Mm -hmm. Right, he calls his own father the decisions that he made, um, and the type of work that he did, and then his best friend's father and the decisions he made, and kind of how it took them on a very different wealth path. And I thought about that even with my my brother and I, because for my brother, he was incarcerated for much of his life, um, and he has had some very difficult obstacles. Um, and I love him dearly; we talk daily. But when I look at his life, I can't point to a single moment or a single decision where it kind of put him on that trajectory. And I think personal finance is very similar. It's the sum of a lot of decisions. Yeah, and it makes sense. Uh, you, you mentioned that he found himself, you know, detention or juvie, and then you surround yourselves with the people you're surrounded with, so you become friends with them, and it compounds. Because then if you get in trouble again, you typically lean on friends, Right. And if your friends are also in trouble, uh, you, you never really get out of that, uh, you know, that negative cycle. There's a Bible verse that I always remember. I, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it's something to the effect that bad company corrupts good character. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard other business books talk about, hey, look at your five closest friends and you're some mix of them, right? Uh, so it's a good way to look in the mirror and understand, hey, who am I? Who do I surround myself with? Uh, other people look at, hey, what do you spend your money on? Where do you spend your time? That gives you a good descriptor of your character and who you are. Yeah. I was trying to think of something else with this. The, the thing that I, I remember telling my brother, uh, and this was years ago, but he was, he was going through some troubling times and he kind of came to me, uh, like, you know, head down nearly in tears and shoulders kind of like, um, pushed over. And he was just like, he was in a low place. And I remember him asking me like, Hey, where do I go from here? What, what do I do? And, I don't know what it was, but I felt like it was a little bit of an epiphany, even though it seems so simple, this advice. But I'm like, hey, when I look at your life, there have been times where you've made really smart decisions. The problem is, is the bad decisions send you backwards pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. So really what you should try to do is string together a handful of consecutive positive decisions. Then you will see the fruit of compounding. Like this idea that one decision that's good built on another, built on another, begins to show compounding benefits. And then there's like that positive reinforcement that you see the fruit, you see the encouragement, but it takes time 
to see that it's like like a new investor mm-hmm. right that puts a thousand dollars into an investment account even if that account's up 10 percent, they're like a hundred dollars and you're like wait 10 percent compounded over many years creates extreme wealth but yeah. it's very hard to see it if your time horizon or your measuring stick is limited yeah, it's true. And uh, there's a lot of things like whether it's sobriety or, or health and wellness that, you know, like one step at a time, like one workout or, or one good day. And there's a podcast I've heard before where every good thing that would happen, it's all about like kind of a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. He would call it a winning streak. Like, oh, he got a green light, winning streak. Like, oh, his coffee was discounted that day, winning streak. And, and he would kind of use that throughout the day. And it, it kind of changes your outlook on life that like everything's gonna be all right, glass half full. But I think that you're right. That was good advice because if he just had one good day at a time, you might look back after a year or two and say, wow, I really turned things around. I like that. I'm going to start using that term winning streak. Winning what, streak? What, book, what book was that from? <laughs> no, it was a podcast. This guy named, uh, I don't know if I, his name's Charlie, but it's kind of funny. He, uh, he has kind of an interesting story. Uh, he ended up like losing a ton of weight, becoming a Nike athlete, doing a commercial. It was kind of cool, but he does a lot of motivational speaking now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I was, it's funny. I don't really tend to make New Year's resolutions, don't have an opinion on them or anything like that. But I do use the notes section in my phone a lot. Mm -hmm. And the other night I was up and I was just thinking about kind of, you know, areas that I want to mature and areas that I want to grow. And I kind of wrote down these four areas uh, about being a husband, uh, uh, about uh, being a father and different things that I aspire to. And that same winning streak concept or this idea of compounding good decisions, I started measuring like talked about on, on my notes of saying like, hey, here's what I want to be as a father, patient and engaged. So then now when I find myself at home and I'm on my phone and my kids are like, you know, dad, can we do this? Can we do this? I'm like, oh, I'm not being engaged right now. So I put my phone away. So it's just that little reminder because that whole concept of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, mm-hmm. when you want to experience maturity or you want to experience change, you have to give yourself little small wins so that uh, you can begin, like I said, to experience a little bit of the fruit, uh, understand kind of why am I doing this? And it's the easiest way, going back to that AA concept of awareness and accountability, um, it's much easier than saying, hey, you know, by the end of 2023, I am going to be the best dad ever, right? There's not a lot of clarity there. Right. Yeah, it's good about uh, the accountability piece, too, because, uh, you know, it's important to if an investor or a a client is feeling overwhelmed, it's important to be able to look at game film. And we've talked about this before. We're like, hey, why didn't you feel like this six months ago? And if they're thinking, oh, well, things were better or I didn't have this concern or that concern, that's sometimes an aha moment for the person where they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Things were better and I wasn't worried about it. Now I'm feeling overwhelmed or feeling nervous. And then they start to kind of identify like, oh, it's, it's the way I'm feeling today. I may feel different in six months. So maybe I shouldn't just go and shoot from the hip and make changes. Yeah. And it seems that framing is so important there. One of the sections that David Bonson has in his white paper uh, is about housing. And uh, I love this framing. He talks about, I, I, and again, I can't remember exact numbers, but I think he talks about this idea of maybe like a 10% correction in in housing prices, like residential, right? But instead of really anchoring to the 10%, he gives you in the article, this would be taking prices back to this particular date. I don't know what it was off the top of my head. Maybe it's October of 2021. Yeah. And then you start to think, you're like, wait, that's not so bad. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you were happy about the prices then. uh, So that framing just matters a lot. And what we think about in 
personal finance in this idea of investor behavior and looping together these like consecutive good decisions, we realize, me and you, front row seat for a lot of clients, is that those bad decisions can be so detrimental. Mm. Uh, and sometimes they're not setting you back 10 months. They could set you back five, seven, eight years, right? You think about clients where markets misbehave, go down 30%, they sell, okay, and they, they just put themselves, you know, 70 cents on the dollar. But what else did they miss? They missed the opposing rally. Mm -hmm. And then they come back in. So again, they took the punch to the face and they didn't get the water break in the corner. And that's why the idea that not only do you have to make good decisions, but they have to be consecutive and consistent and they, you have to allow them to be able to compound. And it's, uh, you know, what's interesting is a lot of times when it comes to allocation changes, um, I don't have too many clients that don't take the advice because we're normally able to talk through it and say like, okay, um, we should wait for things to normalize. I don't know when that time frame is. And then we should make changes, but not not right now. Uh, and and normally we can kind of agree or compromise. I think well, that makes sense. Um, where I find trouble is the, the spending. When we, you put together a financial plan, they have a budget or a general budget, and then they spend way more than expected. And they go, oh, well, this year was a fluke. And then, you, know, you, you kind of know in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't know. I hope it was, right? Then the next year, something unexpected on top of their overspending happens. And you're looking at them like, hey, if you keep doing this, you may run out of money. No, 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 this was just a fluke. I'm going to put it back. Or I'm going to save more. And that that's when I, I've seen kind of that, uh, what you're describing, where like those big decisions that could really set someone back. And uh, it's scary. And that's part of maturity as a financial advisor, because as you're saying this, it's reminding me, you know, however long I've been in this career of, man, that's an area I'm maturing, where when somebody tells me something, I'm now inflating it by 20%, right? Because yeah, I'm saying, yeah. hey, I need to build margin. Like I'm going to round and, up. Exactly. I need to round up because, uh, you know, curveballs, life happens. Uh, it, it's hard to nail this number down exactly. So it's absolutely something that people have to be thoughtful of. But again, what we'll say is, you've joked around about it in the past, is that um, when there is a lot of tranquility in markets, right, people can describe themselves as a certain type of player, Right. If we think of athletes or somebody in an interview, you know, I always show up on time. I always get the job done. The interview is very different than the actual work. Right. Right. And that's where you're talking about game film, because sometimes we can feel blindsided as advisors when somebody says, you know, I'm tolerant for, you know, X type of drawdown, this, that and the other. And you've joked around, but maybe somebody says, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with a 30 percent drawdown, meaning my you know, million dollar portfolio goes down to $700,000 temporarily because of market misbehavior. I'm comfortable. I stay the course. Then all of a sudden markets are down five or 6% and they're calling you like, Sean, what's the scoop? You need to walk me off the ledge here. And you're like, wait, time out. I was like, it could get a lot worse than this. <laughs> yeah. We're knocking on the door of five or 6% drawdown and our, you know, conversation three months ago was 30%. And again, it takes us right back to investor behavior. Yeah. It, you mentioned too, where sometimes like a people hire us for advice, but they don't necessarily always take the advice. And uh, as I've matured as an advisor, um, I've learned that when people give me, you know, option A and option B, in my mind, it's really easy to be, oh, go with B, not A. But then if I can tell that they've already kind of made a decision themselves, and it's go my answer is going against theirs, I've learned that I do have to frame it differently. I have to kind of play devil's advocate, like, all right, let's talk through both scenarios, even though I know the right answer the whole time. I'll talk through both scenarios. Well, if you do this, you know, this could be the outcome, this could be the outcome. If you do this, uh, you know, the odds are not in your favor type thing. 
and so if, if I were in your shoes, I'd probably go this route. What do you think? And I have to make it much more collaborative instead of just telling them what, in my opinion, what the answer is. And uh, I've noticed that although it takes a little bit more time and patience, it it normally has a better outcome than if I just tell them like, nope, option B, you're wrong. Kind of that. It's it's similar to that almost teach a man to fish type concept. Yeah. Like be able to patient, slow down, walk them through the why behind the what to make sure to understand, you know, why we're making this decision. It reminds me too, we talk as, you know, leaders here at the Bonzo Group about one of the most important qualities uh, for the folks that we work alongside is coachability. Right, we we sometimes prioritize coachability over ability, yeah. Um, because we understand that you can teach somebody how to do it, and then for clients too, the word we would use is not coachability, right? It's a different word. It's engagement, uh, and it's somebody actually willing to take our advice. I mentioned in the article, short paragraph, but I say, you know, I'm paid to give advice, yet people don't always take my advice. Yeah, I'm compensated to be a counselor, yet people don't always do what I counsel them to do, and I've been in those situations where. I've said something three or four times and somebody's coming back with the same question. I'm like, I don't know a better way or a different way to say this. I know you want to go a different route, but my convictions are here. So that's where I kind of have to turn up the notch of candor. And most of the time, the convictions only go so far because we're making our opinions based off educated guesses. So we're not going to sit there and say, no, you're 100% wrong. I'm 100% right. Because that'd be the worst thing where then if it doesn't happen the way that we thought and they, they were right. Then the worst thing is they say, oh, I knew I should have done it my way. You were wrong. And and then they doubt you next time. So, yeah, yeah, you're going to tell them this is what I think you should do only to a certain extent. And it's funny. Challenged convictions over time turn into apathy, right? Because at some point you as an advisor, man, I'm, I'm sorry for saying this on the podcast, but it does turn you somewhat apathetic. You're like... Hey, John Smith, at this point, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, we've talked about it. I think it's best. It's not going to make or break your plan. Uh, ultimately, you are very feeling strongly about this. Go the route you Yeah, I don't want to have to convince you. Exactly. Um, well, here's the synopsis of what we really want to talk about here today. Um, so much of investor success is investor behavior. So much of using an advisor is to help you be aware of what good behavior looks like and hold you accountable to good behavior. What ultimately is behavior? It's the sum of good decisions. Uh, And that is true in personal finance, and that's true in life. So hopefully this podcast was helpful. As I mentioned at the beginning, you can email Tom at thebonsagroup.com. You can address that to Sean or Trevor. We're happy to be helpful in any way that we can and be a resource to you. I'll say again, if you rate the podcast, I'd appreciate that. All comments are welcome on the podcast. And we will be back for our second edition of Thoughts on Money in 2023 next week with more of our Thoughts Thoughts on on Money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. 
The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.